discover more compassionate relations with human beings, but how can we develop compassionate relations with the other creatures with whom we share this planet? There's an us before the wound, there's an us before oppression, and let to be pleasure is a way that we tap down into that. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the Total Liberation Podcast. It is Mexi. And today is the day that I also release the positive leftist news videos. I release those on the first of each month. And this month we featured a fantastic story out of Vienna where a massive youth-led occupation of various construction sites was able to stop a new highway development project that would have gone through a national park and otherwise just increased the number of cars on the road and thus the fossil fuels burned. And the occupation is actually continuing today as activists and their supporters are demanding a commitment to affordable housing, increased bike lanes, and just a broader eco-socialist transformation of the city. They are also demanding a transformation in how governance operates. They want citizens' assemblies and for decisions to be made just generally by the people for the people. So it's really incredible what's going on, the vision that's behind it, and the success that mostly young people are having. Having with this coordinated action is really inspiring. So today we have a kind of positive leftist news interview with David, who is a founding member of Robin Foods. Robin Foods is an organization that works to salvage food and share it with people in Vienna, tackling issues of food waste and food insecurity in the city. David's organization has been part of the occupation across Vienna and has set up a Freegan kitchen where Robin Foods works to provide food to the activists in the camps. And they've really received so much solidarity and support from neighbors and people across the city who may not be taking part in the occupation themselves, but who are still supporting with resources and supplies as best they can. So I found this conversation incredibly inspiring. It's got me thinking about all of the things that we could do and change here in Toronto with more coordinated action and how really capturing cities and towns and transforming them into these spaces that are run by local people um, and for them and for local environments, you know, into these kind of self-governing spaces with direct democracy uh, you know, just the idea of forming networks of these kinds of interconnected spaces that are governed in this way and have been seized in this way. Uh, it's just really exciting to me. It really helps me to see a viable path to victory with a lot of little victories along the way that we can be celebrating, like in this case, the cancellation of the major construction project that people and environmental activists were so concerned about. So we both hope that this will inspire you all to think about how to connect with one another and do good work in your own towns and cities and really build up the communal institutional power needed to move beyond colonial capitalism and the devastation and alienation that it wreaks everywhere. So before we dive in, thank you so much to Charlie F., our new Patreon supporter. We are currently doing a Patreon giveaway of all the vintage uh, vegan Vanguard stickers and pins, which are really, really cool. So 
If you want to check those out, and if you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash total liberation, or you can give us a one-time tip or donation via PayPal. The link is on our website, totalliberationpodcast.com. And if you don't have the means to support financially, just sharing our episodes with friends and family goes a really long way, as does rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. It really helps us to increase our reach, and I always absolutely love reading the reviews. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with David. My name is David, and I started to be in the animal rights activism and with actions against fur and so on. And then I learned about the food waste, the food which is thrown away every day, and also so how much... uh, tons of food people throw away from uh, veggies uh, to meat and so on and we started to cook it we started to make events also on the streets we started to occupy streets also with other environmental activists from extinction rebellion and so on and since two years uh, or more we are supporting Friday's uh, demonstrations or other environmental and animal uh, demonstrations with food and um, food that we rescued from the dumpster or from from supermarkets um, and so on. That's amazing. Yeah. And and then we saw that there's much more uh, people are fighting for secure bike lanes also so families and older people can cycle in the city without having fear and i bought i bought like free cargo bikes also in that time period mm-hmm. and we only use cargo bikes and we can uh, load a cargo bike up to 100 kilograms of food or whatever and sometimes we even have trailers for those bikes and also on those trailers we can have up to 150 kilograms of food if we want and we did uh, we did like cargo rides through the city we were rescuing a lot of food and with three or four cargo bikes we were distributing uh, this uh, food in the city for people in need or whoever needs the food on the street absolutely love that that's incredible that's really really great work um, does your organization have a name or is it just a group of people who, who got together and decided to do this? Um, it's, it's both. It's, it's a group of people who decided to do this. And then the, the name of Robin Foods came somehow in, um, in the conversations, mm-hmm. came up. And I started to push this movement. I started to make a logo, a website. Uh, I've set up food waste uh, groups on telegram and signal and um, now we also have a digital platform where we can sign in spots where you can officially rescue food without going into the dumpster Mm. and people can sign in themselves on that digital platform and um, yeah so I've Mm. tried to set up this network of of rescuing food. And I also give advices to people that there's also food sharing. They can also apply there and officially 
um, rescue food from from these spots. Yeah, that's that's how it's going. We try to mm -hmm. be digital and a lot of action on the streets. Mm -hmm. That's so amazing. Yeah, so yeah. There's a lot going on. Since then, we thought we need secure bike lanes and we need to transform the whole city. And this is also a big wish of our movement to get rid of this individual car system, which only takes space from the people and to transform the streets. And what is the best way to transform streets or to initiate it is to make demonstrations or even better to occupy occupy spots where they want to destroy nature or to, to build new highways. Mm -hmm. uh, of those, we know that new highways will keep the traffic incoming, even more traffic incoming and heavy traffic incoming into the city. As more streets streets and highways we build, as more traffic comes in. And this is something we cannot tolerate anymore. And we, and that's why we are there also at this occupation with our full uh, possibilities, what, what we can do there, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. It just sounds like your work really bridges so many different issues, right? Like food waste and... Um, and, and all of that is an issue of, you know, capitalist exploitation, you know, capitalist excess. And then it also contributes to to climate change, right? Because all of that waste then just degrades and releases, uh, you know, greenhouse gases into the air and whatnot. Um, and so, exactly, yeah. yeah, it's, it's all it's, connected somehow. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I think that's a great segue into the highway project that was recently canceled. Um, so it would have gone through the, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, the Danao Awan National Park. So maybe could you speak a bit about that proposed project and how citizens and environmental groups reacted to it? Yeah, I can give maybe a simple overview because um, there are people who know a lot more about it, uh, mm -hmm. all these details than me. But this is a project that actually was the idea of the Reichsautobahn. Actually, it was it's a, it's a project from the Second World War where Hitler started to build highways uh, for transportation and so on. Mm. So, um, but then uh, 20 or 25 years ago, they started to plan this more in detail the the government and the city government uh, this was a red green uh, political system in vienna they planned it and they didn't really communicate the details to the public so we were all unaware of what exactly is is, is going on but then they said they want to build a tunnel so the tunnel won't destroy the life above the earth which is completely absurd because there is an oil field. The oil is, is secured between those layers. And mm. if you start to build there, there's a high risk of oil spilling out. And uh, there's also, an, uh, what I heard, an earthquake, um, earthquake territory where earthquakes can happen. And the worst thing, all this this project is a project uh, also by the European Union uh, for trans uh, they want to build a transit network through Europe so even more heavy heavy traffic can flow in Europe around Europe 
And that's the, uh, th this is completely uh, absurd because we need less traffic, not more. And this was a project 20 years ago. And now we have all this knowledge about climate change. We have all this knowledge that we need to do something. And we even said we want to, uh, this, you know, this Paris climate agreement, uh, we want to do this. And so this project is totally old. It's not actual and it doesn't fit in the, uh, in the future at all. Mm. So that's, that's what's going on now. And then we had now a green ministry, um, a woman, and she said um, that she's going to cancel it mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. she made a climate check on this project. Because since two years, I think, or, or one half years, we have a green black government in Austria, a green and ÖVP and the Grünen, they're called. And she said she's going to make a climate check and some highways in austria which supposed to be built are not uh, are not being built now because they didn't pass through this climate check so now we have a completely new situation because they wanted to build this heavy project which is not just the highway under this national park there is also a big district where this the city wants to build a lot of houses for people so uh, uh, also with less rent so people can afford it affordable mm. affordable houses which mm -hmm. is great and we all support it and the whole movement also supports affordable housing for people but this the street that they, that they want to build there was connected to this highway project and only makes sense with this highway project mm. but now this highway project is cancelled so the street doesn't make any sense this is even what the mayor of Vienna said, that this big street, which they call a street, but is a, a city highway. Yeah, it, it has four lanes. There are no traffic lights. Uh, so it's actually a highway with low speed, but still a highway. And it doesn't fit into this new system at all. And so the activists say, no, we're going to stay there until there's a, a planning and a concept and alternatives um, for the people. And there are already those alternatives uh, to, to make a lot more public traffic, trams, buses, and so on. Because this part of Vienna, there's almost no public transportation. Mm. It's, it's very um, in the past concerning this public transportation thing. So now the activists say of course and and also the experts and scientists that the city has to stop this highway project also if, if it's just a city highway but first take on those alternatives and they can also plan a street but a street for people who are living there and streets for people and not full of cars mm -hmm. so um those people are so motivated and and so uh, full of passion there. They want to really um, not just stop this highway project. They want a whole traffic transformation, a whole city transformation in the sense of less cars. Because also the city of Vienna, the, gov um, the government, the mayor said, we're going to promise you before the election, they said this, we're going to promise you that we want to reduce the car traffic from 27% to 
And if you want to reduce car traffic in the city, you cannot build this, this kind of street. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this is uh, going the complete other way. And yeah, and that's, mm -hmm. that's what the people are fighting for there. That's amazing. It's so it's so inspiring to hear that there's so many dedicated activists who not only care about, you know, one single issue like protecting the environment, but also want to make sure that people have affordable housing and that the whole city is transformed to make it more livable and, and to more uh, accommodate both humans and animals. That sounds just absolutely amazing. And it's it's really disgusting that the city would try to, it, it sounds like they're trying to incentivize people to accept the highway by saying, well, if you accept the highway, then you'll get this affordable housing. But if you don't accept the highway, then you won't get the affordable housing, right? So uh, pretty slimy on their part. So uh, could you take us through sort of a, a timeline of the protest events? So when and how did the protest camp get established? You know, how did people come together and, and set it up? Um, and what actions and demonstrations have been coordinated against the highway project? If I remember correctly, um, it all started with different movements in the city who are fighting for less cars. Um, started with critical mass demonstrations, then we made also our own bike demonstrations in, on, on roads where we wanted to have bike lanes and more space for people. And so all this, all this came up and they wanted to build the highway and then Uh, this protest started rolling on. And in August, they said, I think it was August, where they put up the first legal camp in Hirschstetten. It's called, usually when you make a demonstration, you have to tell it to the police. And they made this. So this is a legal camp where people can um, go there and relax and eat food and so on. And then there are those construction sites where they started to build this project. And this project was still in evaluation, uh, evaluation I think you say, mm -hmm. uh, from the Green Ministry. <clears throat> so, but they already started to build. So we said, no, this, this no way this, this can happen. And so a lot of groups and activists, and there are really good movements and um, with a lot of uh, people with passion, like uh, Fridays, uh, Jugendrat, System Change, Not Climate Change, Extinction Rebellion, and uh, some other um, organizations or movements like Robin Foods, we all joined this movement and said we're gonna participate in it and support the people there. And all this happened in August. And then we saw, we saw that they are st started to build there and said, okay, there's gonna be an occupation. So people got prepared. There were trainings, there were workshops. Um, also, if the police catches you, what, what you're gonna say to the police, like legal issues and so on. Mm -hmm. And the first time really also what happened was that really uh, Fridays for Future got involved into this and a lot of young people really participated in this. And so that started to occupy the first construction site, um, which is not the, the big one, but a, a smaller one, which should connect the highway with this city highway. And Extinction Rebellion also occupied the territory uh, opposite of this, of this first occupation. Mm. So now we had two occupied territories there and, and we had to 
to somehow look after those those territories in in the sense of that we need people there we need food there and um and we need to make social media for for people to come there there were also concerts so we can get more people there who are interested there was a lot of um press work people wrote a lot of letters and and press text to the to the press and so organically slowly people started to join more and more and more sometimes there were days where there were only really not a lot of people like maybe just two or three people at one occupation and so it started going and then i don't remember exactly the month but i can look it up um after one or one and a half um, months there was a rumor that they want to get rid of the occupation so we started mm -hmm. to mobilize people but there was no uh they, they the police didn't come so now we had a lot of uh, people there and there's no, um, how do you say, um, no need for the city to, to get rid of the people there. Mm. So we had, uh, so then we said, okay, then we're gonna occupy the third territory, which is the biggest one at the metro station U2 Hausfeldstrasse. And we all went there and uh, they prepared, um, put up their suits there were like 40 or 50 people i guess around and we went to this big construction site and then they started to put up banners occupy mm. the beggars uh, the, uh, the whole construction site was was full of people and we invited the press and everything so there was um, a lot of things going on and the third territory was occupied and then there were also regularly, uh, how do you say, plenars, regularly meetings once or twice a day in the sense of, okay, what can we do? How do we have resources to keep up this place? Uh, we, were, we were giving out tasks to people who, who wants to do this or that task. So it got in the media and people started to come from different directions, from the, uh, some from the political parties, activists, from movements came along. And yeah, it, it got bigger and bigger. And now the situation got even more tense, intense, because um, the city mayor really wants to get rid of us now, mm -hmm. but he is just looking for the right, right time to send out the police because he doesn't want to disturb the Christmas time by getting rid of young people at the <laughs> construction site. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now the situation is, yeah, there are now uh, more people than some weeks ago and people are really even more motivated. They, on this big construction site, actually, they've built a pyramid, which is isolated with an oven outside the pyramid because the police came and said we cannot keep the oven in inside the pyramid because of uh, because it could catch fire or whatever. So they built the fire outside the pyramid and they isolated it really good. So up to thirty people can can sleep there now. Wow! So if the police comes, um, they will have some work to do because there are a lot of people with a lot of 
uh, time and energy <laughs> who, who can who can keep uh, this place occupied. So, wow. yeah, that's incredible. Let's see how it will go on? That's incredible. It's it sounds like just the level of organization sounds just really incredible. And, and I love to hear that there's so many young people out there. I think that's really, really encouraging to know that the younger generation is really, you know, steadfast on this issue and, and really committed to, um, to, to this kind of activism. So that's really fantastic. Um, so you were in charge of the Freegan Kitchen, is that right? How did you organize that? Yeah, from the beginning, since the first camp, we started to support them with food and what i did is making announcements what kind of food we need like veggies noodles rice and so on and i've posted it in different social media um, channels and also in the chat groups we have chat groups where we have over 800 people and so on so there are a lot of people connected to different places where they rescue food and those people started to bring food there. So not only us, uh, also other people started to bring food. And also neighbors brought a lot of food, actually, regularly. And we started to cook there. We built the infrastructure. We have uh, gas ovens and also rockets, uh, gas stoves and, and rocket stoves where we can um, cook food with rescued wood that we find on construction site or wood which is thrown away, actually. And we cook with this with these uh, with this wood, and yeah, that's that's what we try to do there: um, support the mm -hmm. people with food, and and connect, and also support them with with logistics, with our cargo bikes, mm -hmm. which we have. That's fantastic. I, I love to hear the solidarity that you are all receiving from neighbors and just people in the community who are stepping up to help. That's, that's really wonderful. Um, so yeah, it's great that you're able to support with food and it sounds like you have enough resources to keep the, the camp going um, for quite a while. So um, I guess what's next, what's next for, for the activists there, right? Because the minister has announced the termination of the project. So hopefully that does go forward um, and congratulations on that. You know, that's, that's really big that, um, you know, I, I think that that would never have happened without the activism and the occupation that you all have been engaged with. But um, I guess now you're you're planning to stay indefinitely until the city is transformed and until there is the commitment for affordable housing. Yeah, if there's a commitment for for more transformation in the sense of more bike lanes, public transportation, if we have those promises from them. Mm -hmm then uh, people will think about maybe leaving. But the mayor is, is in that case so arrogant that he doesn't even want to talk with any of those activists and scientists. Now we have the situation that they are planning to build up a team for, for the upcoming, upcoming negotiations between the science and the activists and the mayor on the other side uh i don't know and we don't know when those negotiations will start but uh we hope that they will will start soon mm -hmm. and that's what what the people demand there and i mean there's now this green pink coalition 
and they still want really to build this city highway they don't go away from it but there's a movement, not only those activists make pressure, also a movement from, from their own socialist party. There's the youth, youth section of the so socialist party in Vienna. And mm -hmm. also they now said that they are against this city highway project and that we need to reduce the traffic. So the pressure is, is growing. But what, what, the, what the mayor tries to do all the time now with a lot of money, this has a system in Austria. It's actually a bit like corruption, but legal corruption, you can say. I mean, they, they take taxpayers' money and put it in marketing for in the media for doing those adv uh, advertisements. Mm -hmm. So they do a lot of advertisement, how good this highway is for the people, blah, blah, blah. So they really try to brainwash the people with a lot of money. And on the other hand, you have those activists with a lot of passion who say, we want uh, city assemblies, for example, for people to get together. Mm -hmm. We want um, a livable city with a lot of green and bike lanes for families and so on. Uh, and they have really also support from, from the Technical Univer uh, University of Technology in Vienna, a lot of uh, good people who know um, about city planning for future and um, this is the side uh, we have now people who who have who want citizen assemblies mm -hmm. and to to make them um, to to make them also how do you say verbindlich like not just talk and the and the politics say okay we listen to you but the politicians should also accept it and definitely do what the citizens say mm -hmm. with together with the experts and and the climate experts um yeah absolutely so this is a big um forderung requirement or what what we want also in future yeah, absolutely. I, I love to hear that people are pushing for so much, it seems, right? Like citizens' assemblies, environmental justice, social justice. It's, it's really, really, really great to hear. I love to know that that's happening in that city. It makes me feel really invigorated. And, and hopefully we can, you know, start doing more of that here in Toronto. I mean, we're people are already doing that work, but it just sounds like um, the level of organization there sounds really, really incredible. Um, you know, sorry? Yeah. No, no, I just wanted to say one more thing, what some people really, really want there. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who is really motivated and actually pushed all this, all these projects at this, at this occupation there. And he said, it's a pity that the city doesn't give land. He connected a lot of people together who were so motivated to build ecological houses as together to to make something new to 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 make a um, a village or city of of for nature and animals and people mm. and he said we have those people and we have those associations and organizations but we don't have the 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 land where we can where we can live our vision and that's why he got so motivated in building this pyramid because for every little nail that you have built somewhere, you need some kind of, uh, you know, bureaucracy. You need some kind of paper and mm -hmm. uh, from the city that is, you are allowed to do this and so on and so on. 
And this is killing creativity, actually. If you need a paper for every little nail that you want to build a house or want to do something yourself, or a community wants to do themselves, they need to go through a lot of paperwork, which is killing creativity, which is uh, killing the vision, actually, mm -hmm. that people want to build. So for some people there, it's really, uh, they, they don't want to leave. They, they say that's going to be an echo village and they want to build more there. So, wow. <laughs> so we have those vision of echo villages inside the city or, or bringing more nature and, and plants and fruit, fruit trees, uh, whatever, mm. yeah, into the mm. city so people can really also maybe, um, maybe get food from the city and or, or just collect some apples from the trees whatever mm -hmm. um, yeah it's, it's, there's a lot of vision and, and passion going on <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's incredible yeah i i talk a lot with uh one of my friends uh and comrades uh becky from uh formerly um permaculture for the people about the potential of cities as these multi-species urban commons where both humans and nature and animals can flourish and and you know we have as you said we have all this vision we have all this creativity it's being absolutely stifled by this kind of capitalist bureaucracy um that yeah we just can't seem to break through i actually saw a really beautiful it, it was a little kind of cartoon by henry james garrett and i don't recall exactly what it said but it was um, a couple of animals i think it was two birds and the two birds were talking to each other and one of them was saying like you know i don't understand these humans like why are some of them homeless like if i was homeless i would just build a nest like why don't they just build a home and the other bird was like the other bird was like, well, they can't build a home basically just because of, you know, capitalism and, and laws and things like that. Right. But it's so true. It's like, yeah, we could just build what we needed, but we, we can't because the laws are against us. Right. It just doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but, um, but no, that's, that's really wonderful to hear. I love the idea of eco villages within the city. And um, it sounds like people are really getting a lot of confidence in themselves and in their movement through this action, right? Because it's, it is being so successful and they are being able to um, come together and do so much together. So that's really inspiring. I just read actually that the city of Vienna is threatening young climate activists with lawsuits called slaps meant to silence the voices of dissidents. Do you know what's currently going on with this? And um, is there any way that listeners could help if there's any way that we could, you know, help donate or anything like that? Yeah, so the city said that they need some kind of pressure for the people because they say the highway is cancelled, but the ministry, uh, the green minister said that we uh, can build the city highway. So she, she actually gave green light for the city street, but not in this kind of form. I mean, the highway is out, but it needs negotiation. Mm -hmm. And now the city wants to build up the pressure because they think that they are in a legal position and now they are keeping more and more pressure up. They started to send letters where they say, we also got a letter actually uh, to on the Robin Foods email because he saw that also they have a lawyer there also from the Socialist Party and he's checking the internet for all, he's checking all the social media mm -hmm. and all those people who were uh, sympathizing with this uh, activist or this and this movement, to all those people, they started to send letters, even uh, Robin Foods and so on. 
Wow. And in this letter, they say that um, this is illegal what, uh, what we do there. And if we keep up doing this, there's a law and there's going to be, we will have to pay fine if there's going to be a, a judgment or whatever. So now people really got um, under pressure. I also felt it. So if you get political uh, interested and active for the nature and animals and the city transformation, you start to get attacked, actually. That's, that's what they do. And I think behind those maybe investors, a lot of big money makers, whatever. And uh, also I heard they do it in other countries and in a lot of them also in Africa. And for me, it was really unbelievable and I also started to feel uh, more cautious that uh, I cannot just post anything mm. um, and it started to de- a bit not to demotivate me but um, I started to feel a bit of fear actually mm-hmm. and this is not good and and when I meet those people again who are so active and when I'm with them I always get the strength Yes, we are uh, on the right side, actually, because uh, we need to cooperate with the nature and we cannot just fight against it and, and give all this land to the investors and so on. We, we need citizen participation, actually, a lot more. And I don't think that it's good for them if they keep up this kind of pressure. It's not, not good for their, for their party. So I'm still motivated to do this. And I think they're still sending out those letters, but people are really fighting against it now here in Vienna. People are really motivated, are writing a lot of press uh, letters to the press. Um, and there are really also nice press statements, um, which are really objective and neutral. So it's going in, in a good direction, but still we need to be really cautious and uh, hold together and keep up our strength inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I liked what you said that you gain strength by being out there with other activists and that together you feel strong because yeah, I mean, as as individual people, we are a lot more, you know, powerless or we, we are more, um, I guess, vulnerable to these kinds of attacks, but together we we do have strength. So I think that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's really disappointing to hear that the socialist party is the one who is sending out these kind of cease and desist letters that's, uh, you know, not really uh, living up to the party name. I, I don't know much about the party itself, but uh, unfortunately. Long tradition in Vienna, they're in the city government for a long, long, long time because mm-hmm. uh, there's this marketing thing that Vienna is the most uh, livable city in the world or there are those awards or kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But also there is a study that Vienna is the most unfriendly city Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, yeah, so I don't know how it goes together. And if you you take the climate crisis in in perspective, then uh, all cities are almost uh, the same because we need to do a lot, lot more than just being... A, live, a good livable uh, city uh, and a good livable city doesn't mean to build highways we have a lot of car traffic in Vienna that the, the traffic is is um, immense and people are really disturbed by this noise and cars take so still so much space in Vienna uh, there are no bike lanes uh, which which you can ride through the city they're mm. all 
parted, you know, all disconnected. So mm-hmm. um, we still need this transformation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's all the questions I had. I'm just wondering if there's anything else you'd like to add about anything going on or the movements that you're part of. Um, and if there is any way that, that, that listeners of the podcast could um, help support the struggle, uh, please feel free to, to shout that out as well. Um, I find it wonderful uh, if you start this kind of occupation or if you have such nature-killing projects in your city to to just connect with all those people, organization activists, and really start to occupy. Really, if it's just a, first a little hut or something, but but to stand up, to key, uh, talk with each other, and stand together, and really also say that we want citizen assemblies, we want citizen participation um, with with the experts together and and keep up the the courage yeah that's all i can say at the moment now also mm-hmm. connect with people maybe who are in this food waste and also other alternative scenes who can support you because now it's fascinating how different organizations got active there not just environmental organizations also the the animal rights um, association vgt got active, uh, they made a statement. Also, some people from them are supporting their this, this occupation and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's really interconnected and that's great. And I think we should also give a space. There are, we have different groups and those groups have different a- angles sometimes uh, if, it, if it concerns feminism, sexism and so on. And uh, we all deny it and we all know uh, we are fighting against all those oppressions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, there are different um, uh, opinions and we should, we should give space to people just to talk about that from their heart uh, so people can talk fearless, especially in, in our activist communities. You know, we shouldn't divide people there. And if someone feels... At, at one occupation better, then he can go there. And if someone feels at another place better, he can go there. And they're really different uh, group dynamics. So you can really decide where you feel home, with whom you, you, you want to connect more or less. So people should talk about this and um, not, not, just, not, not bring the hate that is existing in the media and which is, which is dividing the people don't bring this hate into your uh, uh, community, but try really to talk about it from your from your heart and what concerns you. And this also really helps us to, mm-hmm. to be connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just absolutely love all of that. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I really appreciate the call. And I will second and echo that call for everyone listening to uh, get involved in whatever way that they can. And as you said, you know, there are so many different kinds of organizations. So whatever you are interested in, um, there's surely a way that you can connect with others and, and start to do that work and then hopefully connect with other organizations and put all of your uh, disparate skills together to make something that's that's much bigger bigger together right you know so yeah amazing so just thank you so much for coming on and uh talking to us about this congratulations on all the work you have done so far and just major solidarity in keeping up the fight at the occupation we will be uh rooting for you and following the story 
as it as it develops. Great. Thank you so much also for for listening and taking it into Toronto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some people will get it and If you have any questions just uh, or so people who are interested in this occupation here in Vienna, you can give them my contact. They can also contact us here. And yeah. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Maxi. Bye.